This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And I am Ramon. And dear listeners, just as you thought 2018 was going so well, Jonathan rocks up here in shorts. Ramon, I'll have you know, I'll have you know that I am a stable genius. Okay. Because this is what you do when it's warm outside. You're a grown man and you're wearing shorts. I wore shorts. Grown men wear shorts. I wore shorts and then I turned 10. Yeah, well, uh, I uh, learned that you can still be quite comfortable and cool, especially on days when you had all of three hours of sleep. Comfortable and cool, because oh my word. Yes. Anyway, welcome, listeners. This is our I'm first, sorry, uptight Frenchman. This is our, well, why, why be homophobic about it? Really? <laughs> um, so anyway, listeners, welcome back to 2018. This is our first show of the new year. Yes, so uh, the show you listened to last week was the Jordan Peterson-David Benatar debate, which we recorded uh, in December of 2017. And so far, some good feedback on that, some funny feedback as well, and just some shit posting happening on 4chan. Yeah, 4chan, they're just really misanthropic. Eh? They're like, yeah, Benatar all the way. Even his arguments are shit, and I don't agree with them. I have nothing bad to say about 4chan. Uh, when you dox Ramon, uh, please note, it's just him, not me. Uh, you're all wonderful people. No, I just said they're misanthropic, which they agree <laughs> that they are. It's like saying, going to a Muslim and saying, oh, my word, you're a Muslim. And they'll be like, yeah, and? <laughs> yeah, well... So there, there is a little bit of glimmer of like people there who are like, no, they kind of aren't that misanthropic or nihilistic. A if lot you of want to know more about 4chan, I highly recommend going to YouTube and do the greatest internet hoaxes of all time. All of them are from 4chan. Yeah, 4chan's fantastic. They sent, you know, the, the singer Pitbull. Yeah. Right. He had a, a concert and people could vote about where he should go. So 4chan found out and they sent him to a Walmart in Alaska <laughs> as the winning spot and he went. Pitbull went. Oh, good sport. Justin Bieber on the other hand, yeah. they said, there's a world tour vote where you want him to go. 4chan sent him to North Korea. He refused. And he refused to go. Yeah. What a pussy. I, 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 well, you don't really want to come back without a brain. Not that Justin Bieber has the, the biggest one, but uh, it's, it's, it's not a... He's got fans in North Korea, I'm sure. <laughs> I, mean, I disease, highly doubt they know who he is. Diseases have this habit of spreading far and wide, despite borders and and you know, <laughs> ideologies. Right. Uh, so we're hating on Justin Bieber. Is that 2018? No, he's, he's not. Target. He's not that bad. Exactly. He's quite an easy. He's not target. that bad. He's not that bad. His last album wasn't wasn't too bad, actually. <laughs> no one is wearing shorts. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> what a cuck! Here we go. All right. Anyway. Would you like to discuss something relevant and yes, topical? I was actually going to say, uh, you know, during the holidays, I, I read, I read a hell of a lot of books. And I, I was about to say before we even started the show that this year we want to be a bit more reflective of, Do you we? Know, on our podcast. Okay. It hasn't started well good, at all. Good to know. Good to know. But uh, news not, to me. Not, not reflective by any means, but we need to bridge that gap between the boring Sam Harris, because he really is boring. His podcast is like nice for 10 minutes and then he just, Loses it off. Depends what he's discussing. So we need the boring method, whatever, methodological, methodological, that's one of Sam Harris and like the innocence of Joe Rogan. We need to be like that in the middle there. (laughs) It's like sort of fun, but data driven. Yeah. All right. Sort of fun, but data driven. 
we can try. We can certainly try. There have been a lot of questions about what we're going to do this year. So as you know, this is a very well-planned, structured, thought-out um, podcast. We've already had our team-building session for the year. Uh, we've, we've, we've gone out with the crew that's behind us, you know, 40 people roughly. And uh, we've, we've mind-mapped and we've planned everything out. And uh, as you know, I'm com- talking complete horseshit. Yeah. And we I mean, haven't really decided, actually. No, not in the slightest. I mean, I would love to do more, um, g- not gatherings, what you call them. Yeah. Where so, so, so we, we want to do what, um, you know, some really uncool leftist publications call a gathering. Uh, we do plan to try to do one of those this year where we, um, essentially want to have some of our more popular guests as speakers, uh, couple of potentially debate sessions and at a venue and uh, you can come buy tickets and, and, and pull in. So that'll that'll be something we look towards doing. We are in our third year. It is. In March, it's going to be three years. Is, is it three? No, it's two. No, it's two. It's two, but going it's into third. Going into the third one. Yes. So That's how numbers work. So, I mean, listen, I mean, listeners must understand, we don't do this for money because we don't get paid at all to yeah. do this, right? Yeah. And to to have events and things like that cost money. So we are, so if you want to support us in any single way, Patreon's the best way to go. Yeah. So uh, you know, a lot of a lot of what's been gotten and raised through Patreon so far is has been either used towards the show already or some of it's been saved towards doing things like uh, like a, a get together a, a, a symposium or, or we'll have to come up with a much better word than that. Um so that's uh, that's the plan. Uh, those of you who might have started listening to the show from overseas, uh, as I repeat all the time, uh, your dollars are very, very valuable here in small little Africa. There are lions roaming the street, and it's very nice to be able to bribe them with dollars. They love dollars. Um, and even one dollar goes very, very far. Yes, yeah, Ramon? Yeah, of course. I mean, a dollar here is like a coffee, just for in relative terms like you could buy a coffee for a dollar in america you buy dollar 50 in america you buy starbucks for like five dollars yeah for like the market so firstly become a tourist um but (laughs) secondly uh secondly if you can you can obviously donate to the show so some plans we do have for the year though uh we're gonna continue with the guests and the quality of guests that we we've had there's quite a number of foreign and overseas guests we we're trying to get onto the show as always if you have any suggestions we're we're open to them yeah so i mean the plan is to actually have a lot more foreign guests who are specialized in um specialities that we don't really have in south africa like um like we, we want to get like noted historians or or, mm. or like world-class psychologists or scientists on uh to discuss Particular topics mm. as opposed to just focusing on South African politics because I think South African politics does get boring after a while. Yes. And, and trigger warning, uh, this show is probably going to get quite heavy into the South African politics shortly because we've yeah. got quite a lot of questions about that stuff. Yeah. But also if we want to expand that audience, I mean, obviously you don't need to explain to people what a podcast is. Over here you need to explain that it's sort of like radio but – Whenever you want to have it. It's like the Netflix of TV, but they don't have Netflix either. So it's like, yeah, it's impossible to describe it to people. Good. All right. So let's get on to some of the questions. We, we 
put it out on to our patrons and also to the Facebook group. So we'll answer the patrons first, uh, unless there's a question from the Facebook group that kind of interlinks. Yeah. So Jared on Patreon asks, um, so related to the Peterson Benatar podcast from mm. last week, uh, he thinks that Benatar did not sufficiently address the argument made by Peterson that the asymmetry argument of Benatar necessitates a qualification of good and bad. Good slash bad. Hmm. Uh, so what do we think? Did, did Benatar sufficiently answer that? Sure. Well, y- you think he did. I, 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 the, the, thing, the thing I need to say about that, that entire debate is that, is that there's a massive split, and I think that there's a lot of um, confirmation bias happening in the sense that people either tend towards – um, Peterson and Peterson's argument on this particular issue, or Benatar and his argument. Um, so, if he kind of, if either of them did a good enough job for you, then then people tend towards tend towards that argument. Yeah, I mean, but you have to go back to Sam Harris's podcast with David Benatar, um, which went you know far more into depth than than ours did. And Benatar stated that if you were born in the Garden of Eden and never suffered a single illness, injury. Depressed thought Everything was perfect If everything was absolutely perfect And you died instantly Without suffering That would be As neutral As never being born at all Yeah Look I I think I think the The issue is 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 what Peterson Quite cleverly tried to do Is he he tried to say Well it's a mathematical equation Right Um, You're going to have Good and bad And If it in, In Benatar's case Good plus bad Either equals zero Or negative well, it's, um, it's bad and neutral. Yeah, zero would there's be no, neutral no and, 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 and minus, right? That It's always good plus bad always gives you a zero or a minus number. Um, and Peterson was trying to get to the point where he could go, uh, all right, well, what would what would make it a positive number? What gets it to 0.001 <laughs> or higher? Um, and so I think – I, I, don't, I don't think we came to a, an answer there really because Benatar feels that there, that even as Ramon has pointed out, even in the perfect scenario, you never get to a point where you exceed that zero. Yeah. The perfect scenario is, is zero. Sure. That's it. Peterson obviously disagrees, but he disagrees fundamentally in the sense that, um, what is, because he, he had the big argument about what's good and what's bad. What are your definitions? How do you define these things? And a lot of people have an issue with the antinatalism argument, which isn't a philosophical, um, argument to, to David's, um, position, but in the sense that, well, you know, suffering, for example, might be bad, but suffering is how we get to good. A lot of people make that yeah, kind of point. Or, or suffering is um, necessary for, for X goal or yes, whatever. Yeah. You, you know, you can only, you can only have good if you have bad and, and all the rest of that stuff. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that. A question for you though. Do you think you can actually quantify that asymmetry? Can you quantify it mathematically? M- m- I don't know if you can. M- maybe completely objectively and a long time after the person has lived, but you can never subjectively quantify your experience because many people, and in fact, and we praise this as, as a society. So when people have really shitty lives and they overcome it, right, then we say what heroes they are. So, um, you, you know, you can go to Oprah this week who, who, who was, who was in the news, uh, and, and she did have a pretty shitty life growing up. Um, you know, abused, raped, um, and made made a made a name for herself, and is is you know a billionaire, and has done very well for herself. So, 
and and that's praised. That's praised, but that only happens through suffering. In fact, it's referenced every time someone has to talk about her success. She self-references it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, as Joe Rogan says, the most interesting people always had really shitty childhoods. Yeah. So it's a big problem for, for modern parents. And like for me too, like I have a daughter and like I just wanted to be happy. And I'm not like yeah. a, a, I'm not a spoiled, a spoiling kind of parent. I'm not a helicopter parent by any means, but I'm like, I my childhood wasn't fantastic. And I think I'm sort of interesting in some ways. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's the problem. So it's all subjective, right? Cause you, 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 you you, even on the helicopter parent thing, for example, I mean, I don't think you are, but I, I'm just saying that you may not realize that you are, even if you were, because subjectively you're just trying to do the best you can yeah. for your life, for your child, et cetera, et cetera. So can you quantify it mathematically, do you think? No. So I think it's, I think it's probably. So better tells right. Pro- no, so I don't, I don't, it, just because you, you can't find a way to quantify it doesn't mean it's not quantifiable. That's the, it's, it's, it's potentially we don't have a formula to get there. We don't have the maths to do it or the, the way to do it. Or you just quant- quantify human experience. You will. You, you, I mean, in some ways, I, th- I think, I think people that perish during a genocide are, you know, objectively they would be better off if they weren't born, I would suspect. Yeah, I, I think it's so difficult because because and this is what I said towards the end of that podcast, which is that they're coming from two different aspects. Uh, Benatar from the completely philosophical perspective, um, he's not emotionally attached at all. Even even uh, you you could hear Peterson uh, get quite uh, quite into it, and he does get emotional. If you listen to his podcast, that's the guy he is. David is very sedate. Um, he he is Sam Harris's wet dream. <laughs> in terms of being a logician, he, he 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 yeah he just works through things one and that's very an, the annoying thing of actually arguing for, with philosophers and people yeah. that follow that is is um they actually if you have a conversation with them they just wear you down <laughs> it's 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 almost part of the technique uh, I think the problem comes in is that you're correct in a sense that you can't quantify because. Emotion is very difficult to quantify and differently experienced for everyone. Well, to quantify objectively, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if we've answered that question. Uh, there is some excellent uh, commentary on our Facebook page. I, I posted there just people's thoughts on, on the on the Benatar and um, Peterson debate. Uh, and there but really yeah, was but, some but good if comments. You, even if you look on – if you just type into Google, uh, Peterson, Benatar debate. Yeah. There's, there's, it's on Reddit. There's four chat. Yeah, and there's some YouTube's popping up as well. Yeah, people nicked out material and stuck it on YouTube's. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and there's like th- hundreds of pages by now. I saw it just before we got in here. Yeah, so it's it's quite interesting actually. Yeah. It's quite interesting, and and they're good arguments on both sides. That's the truth. Um, I uh, I still fall on more on Jordan Peterson's side of of this argument. Yeah, you would. Um, but but I but I do think. David makes good points. Yeah. I mean, as a philosopher, uh, uh, a friend of mine, he said, David Benatar is absolutely right logic- logically, but he's wrong. <laughs> and I don't know how to prove that. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, so what's next? So, uh, Christo Hatting, who helped us uh, get Alex Epstein onto the podcast yes. a few months back. If you haven't listened to that one, it's a good one to go back and listen to. We, we went more into philosophy with Alex. Yeah. Um, so he asked, do you have any uh, thoughts about objectivism? Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this quite a lot recently. So I'm, I'm, I must make a confession. I've read half of Atlas Shrugged 
and it was one of the most tedious books <laughs> I've ever read. It was really difficult to get to, to get through, and I didn't even finish it. Um, and the Fountainhead. My wife has read that, and she loved it, but I haven't read it. I can't read fiction. Well, I, I can. I just find it difficult. I read nonfiction mostly. Okay, but as uh, for the question, um, I, I did research objectivism, and it's it seems incomplete. So I'm listening to. I think the problem with with objectivism. I started listening to some of your own Brooks um, podcasts. Uh, good stuff, and. Uh, the problem I have is is that objectivism is ex- essentially extremist, right? So you, if if you interpret it exactly as it's meant to be, it's 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 completely focus on self. It's it's yeah. there is no a- acknowledgement of anything else being important, and I think that I think that that becomes a problem for people. I think that 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 what they can understand is they can go. Most people can side with objectivism and do naturally anyway. So. Uh, you don't really care for your next door neighbor. And if you do care for your next door neighbor, you don't care for the neighbor four houses down. Like you, you just don't give a shit. Uh, the cars around you now in traffic, if you're driving, you really don't care about any of those people. Um, but the problem with objectivism is that they want you honestly not to care about the people that humanly, it's almost impossible not to care for, unless you're a bit uh, sociopathic. So, for example... Is that an accurate well, I assessment think, of a, I what, mean, I, I admit, I haven't delved deeply into it. So, so the argument would be that even if you had a wife and kids, right, or let's just take a wife, for example, uh, if a better option comes along, then you would go with a better option because that makes sense for your personal um, well-being, enrichment, etc., um, now you can argue what's well-being and 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 what b- would be best, but essentially it does argue that. And the the problem is is that I think it 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 tries to negate emotional bonds that humans create between between themselves, especially in very intimate relationships, family well, specifically. Yeah, I th- uh, and personally, I think Anne Rand had this idea that we are like moist robots. Yeah. Like we think rationally, which we don't, as the science has proven. Uh, we're not logically consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're certainly not rationally consistent at all. Um, and if you read Jonathan Haidt's, I keep going on about it, uh, we, we are very intuitive creatures. We, yeah. we have this gut feeling about something, and then we try to justify that gut feeling. Sure. Meanwhile, the gut feeling is not at all rational, at all. Well, a lot of it's not. I mean, when I talk about family now, if you were completely rational, if you had a choice, you have a child, and your child gets cancer – and you can either bankrupt yourself or near bankrupt yourself to treat your child and the chance of them surviving is 1%, um, or you can just let your child die. The, the overwhelming majority of parents near bankrupt themselves sure. or bankrupt themselves. And that's not a logical decision. It's not an economic decision. Um, we're not economic. We're not uh, – what's, what's the economist's uh, – Homo economist, whatever. The, rash, yeah. the rational yes, beings yeah, yeah. in a perfect marketplace. That idea has always been false. Yeah, it's never true. So objectivism, I think, just use what is useful to you. Um, I do like the individual rights about it. I do like the yeah, absolutely the, the, the social liberties. And but, I do think you can be ob- you can be objectivist down to a point. So I think that I don't think there's anything unhealthy about being objectivist up until the point of your own family, for example, um, and then move out from there. So or we can 
or we can just really piss off a particular person and say, just be pragmatic about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, uh, after, after the, the past holidays and reading quite a bit, I'm actually quite happy to just pick what works from various ideologies. Yeah. Can I just, uh, Pick on you quickly about something. So you, yes. your favorite podcast from last year, other than all of ours, of course, of course, um, was the Naval Ravikant, um, knowledge Farnham Project. Street blog, um, podcast, right? Uh, which I would recommend people go listen to. Uh, I look, I, I didn't find it that impressive uh, for a couple of reasons, and it had by the time I listened to it, it had been hyped up quite a bit. So, so there is that. Okay. Um, I had a problem with uh, Naval saying that he's a blank slatist, which he says twice in that podcast, uh, which I fundamentally can't, can't agree with. Uh, and I think it's also a particularly dangerous position to hold, but an easy one for multimillionaires to hold. Uh, that, that was, that was the one area of concern I had. Um, the other, the other interesting part that I did find was he basically, he's a prolific reader, but he doesn't actually complete any books, essentially. Well, for those um, that don't merit completion. Yeah. yeah. So he's pretty much Donald Trump because Donald Trump has said exactly no, the but same Donald thing. Donald Trump as doesn't Naval. read at all. No, no. And Donald Trump said, uh, he, I think the exact quote is something to the extent of, I read parts of books that are relevant or something to that extent. That's the Donald Trump quote. Okay. Um, and Naval says something very similar. I, I just, it's funny that like it would be such a, his podcast was quite popular. He said essentially exactly the same thing. Um, just because they're two different personalities, the one is, okay. um, I mean, it's not, it's not a fundamental feature of both. No, 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 no. I, I, but what is your objection? No, no. So I, look, I, I think that, um, I found it interesting around the books, um, and him saying that he, he takes what's relevant and he skims, um, which I also tend to do with books, uh, quite often. Um, he skims books, which I think is a, is a useful, is a useful thing to do and not to be, uh, bound to finishing a book, which a lot of people are that once mm -hmm. they start, they'll, they'll want to finish. Uh, and yeah, I just wanted to pick on the blank slatism thing. Did you not have a problem with that? Uh, well, I can't remember that. I can't remember that exact part of the podcast. I'm sure he was using it in a different context than the scientific one in that, uh, you know, people are born innocent and corrupted by society, which is Jean-Jacques Rousseau's argument from 300 years ago. Um, that is scientifically illiterate. And for someone who reads a lot of science, I'm sure he didn't mean it in the way that you think he might have meant it. Yeah, I mean, I'll go listen to it again, and I'm willing to, to be charitable on that. But, uh, yeah, it just it bugged me quite a bit in in regards to, to the rest of that podcast. Yeah, so we received quite a lot of questions concerning what do we think of, of – Cyril, uh, what this year will hold. Uh, personally, Cyril doesn't fill me with great confidence. All he has to do. He never has. And, and, you, I mean, you were never a big fan of Cyril. Well, of any politician. Except for no, Helen. No, no, but Cyril, you, except, were, you except, wanted NDZ to win. I did want NDZ to win. <laughs> and, and she couldn't even bribe her way to the top. I mean, how bloody terrible that is. Um, so, so Cyril needs to do one thing, but the ain't so going about it the wrong way as per usual. All he has to do is appoint a fiercely independent director of public prosecutions and let him or her clean up, clean up completely. And mm. Cyril will come out looking good because all he has to do is say, I am the president of our deputy president. I am bound what the court said. The court said I must appoint a, a director of public, public prosecutions and they must be independent. So I did that and I can't have executive overreach into their decisions and the law must take its course. The ANC will get over 60% of the votes 
international you know leaders will say this is a wonderful thing to happen the law is taking its course and he will rid himself of his enemy zuma and the whole cabal legally mm. no what do they want to do no recall the president let's we're going to recall jacob zuma let him let him retire with with all his pensions and benefits and we'll probably won't send him to jail that's a terrible precedent so I think he is setting himself up for failure because if you recall a president, a president without an election, that's ha- it's going to happen. Assuming Jacob Zuma goes the same way, that's the second time it's going to happen within ten years that they recall the president. Yeah, with with, with, with no, dem- you know, without dem- democratic, without, uh, democratic, well, uh, yeah, veil yeah. of democracy. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's 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 the creed of failure. It's the ANC before the country again. So, so one positive thing out of all of this is is, I mean that's all true. But however, the ANC seems to have gotten into this cycle where this whole two term thing happens. There was a lot of worry about Jacob Zuma taking a third term potentially before. There was worry about Tabo Mbeki taking a third term. Then there was. Um, what I, my position was, which was he was going to put uh, NDZ in. NDZ was going to be Jacob Zuma's puppet. So essentially it would have been a third term and it would have become a Zuma dictatorship. Um, the ANC seems to be quite fixed on this. You get your two terms. You can do whatever you like in your two terms, essentially. You can, you can rape and pillage. Um, but when you're done at your end of your two terms, we'll leave you alone. doesn't matter the raping and pillaging because I, I do believe you're correct that he's going to walk scot-free. Um, but then you're done. Uh, and I think that that has a lot of positive, uh, well, externalities, I suppose, for the country. Because uh, ultimately what it means is although we don't really have a democracy so long as we cannot vote the ANC out of power or we don't at least have a coalition government of sort, uh, it does mean that every 10 years – we get a new different corrupt leader, right? Well, we get the new Don, um, Don of the Mafia. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's more positive than having one just guy going off for 30 or 40 or 50 years. Uh, it, 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 it's not perfect, obviously. No, no, no. It's just a question of what they do while in power. I mean, I don't care who it is. It's a question of what they do. You can have... If you if you want to be corrupt, fine, but let the economy grow a bit, right? Let people have jobs. Sure. Don't don't. But, but don't so, so, so what I'm saying is, is before suffering. it was Zuma, right? Yeah. Now it's Cyril. I I find it difficult to make the argument that Cyril will be worse than Zuma. I know there's the communist he'll involve communists in the government. We'll have to see about how that plays out. Um, once again, communists involved in the government may make. Uh, more or less difference depending on what they they actually do. So we've had communist policy running this country for 20 years. Um, and because it's been either difficult to enforce or the, the private sector has found ways around it or ignored it, we've had a flourishing private sector essentially in, in many well, areas. It could flourish a lot it more. It could flourish yeah. more, but, 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 but it's it still, we still have a relatively decent private sector, which I said had disconnected itself from government. We essentially we're in an anarchic state, except for WMC. They they um, thrive on government. Sure, but but imagine imagine you go. So we 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 assume they're all going to be corrupt on some level, all going to be a bit negative on some level. But imagine if you were to go Zuma Cyril Maroncella, right? Um, now 
Now, I'm not a fan of Tuli Maroncella. I'm probably one of the few people who's not a fan of, of her. Uh, and the reason why is because she is a socialist. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite get, simple. Get to the, you, you tend to waffle, Jonathan. I'm, and I'm going to call you out on this podcast whenever you, you do you waffle. Can, you can, but um, get I'm going to carry on. The point is, is, is we've got the situation set up where every 10 years we get someone new, and that has it's potential only, positives and potential it's negatives. Only one precedent. Well, no, there's two precedents now. So we've got uh, Mbeki leaves, Zuma yeah. comes in. We've got now Zuma leaves either in the next couple of months or when his term ends in a year's time, uh, and then Ramaphosa comes in. So the, uh, the it seems to be that we're on a 10-year cycle, uh, and the bottom line is we have a king. We have a king for 10 years at a time, and it's, whether this country does well or not depends on who the monarch is. That seems to be... Where are we going? Smells like democracy to me. But hey, keep <laughs> voting, peasants. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, and then the only issue, well, the only issue, another issue I have is the, the talk about land expropriation thing. Like, I don't give a fuck about land. I don't own any. Um, however, but, the, the rhetoric mm. has turned far more left than before. So there's two ways to think about it. As Davi Skolt, the previous guest, said on Twitter, he, all he's doing is, is bolstering the support on the left mm-hmm. within the ANC. Taking EFF and he's trying to take away. the EFF out. And they're not actually going to do anything about it, which I think is correct. Because there's a big difference between what ANC wants and what ANC is able to do in law. That's a, a very big difference. Um, so, but the problem is the rhetoric is, is coming in where it's a Donald Trump phenomenon. Donald Trump talks about the wall. And everyone talks about how much will it cost. You can't build a wall. It has to be a fence in some place. It doesn't matter. People still talk about the damn wall all the time. Mm. So they're using expropriation and they're mentioning it every few days. And the media picks it up and says, what does it mean? What policy? What manner? Et cetera, et cetera. What does it mean? If yeah, it the media does their work for them. Exactly. Mm. So, And that rhetoric I, has swung a lot more to the left. Sure. Although before. I do think that you need to – how much did you know about this last ANC elective conference compared to how much you knew about the one before that and the one before that? Okay. And I would argue that the one 10 years ago, you were clueless about, you knew very, very little about, you were uninvolved. Um, most of us had very little interest, but those discussion points, including land expropriation, were also on the agenda 10 years ago and five years ago and now. They were discussed in the exact same way. The ANC has, uh, at its more radical elements, been calling for expropriation without compensation for a very long time. How, whether that translates into actually expropriating land uh, without compensation, I don't see it happening no. for a number of reasons. Um, Reason number one is it's quite difficult constitutionally to do. Uh, yes, they could get the EFF on board and if they had. Yeah, but, but the point, the point is it's mm. not about whether it will happen or not. It, it is, I don't think it can happen because there's too many obstacles. Well, someone did ask if they should have their passport ready. To go away. Go to Mauritius. Go to Mauritius. Um, no, I don't think so. I just think. Go to Australia because it'll piss Ramon off. Oh, <laughs> My sister lives there. Two of them do actually. Go with it. I'm moving to Argentina next year. Is it? On the other side of the world. Ah. No, that's a joke. Um, so it's just the rhetoric has, has turned more left and land is the proxy for that. Um, so we'll wait and see. I don't think land is the issue. I think they're using land as a, as a means to, to get other stuff involved.
which will be expropriation of like important stuff, like higher taxes and things like that. Yeah, so I think that's the bigger concern actually than the land uh, fundamentally. Firstly, your 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 land is probably perfectly safe. So the land you currently have, it's it, it's like whenever I get told on Twitter that I must give back the land. You know, as soon as someone starts losing an argument with you, then you stole our land. Um, then uh, inevitably, my response or, or or the response I don't send is, "You can have my land as soon as you take over my bond from the bank." Uh, but I don't think your residential land is under any concern. I do think the farming land is of concern. Um, and we've had discussions about farming in this country before and how the land works. And then, and actually the small number of farmers we have who produce pretty much all our food. Uh, that's really getting whittled down into a small group. So that is, that is a concern. But I don't, I think the bigger concern is what you're saying, which is we're moving to the left mm. and that tends towards forget the land. All the other policies that come with moving towards the left. Taxing the hell out of you as if you aren't taxed enough already. Yeah. Um, infringing on your personal rights. Yeah, no, the, the highly xenophobic nature of, of how the law is applied. Not in terms of xenophobia against uh, particular people, just in terms of making it expensive for foreign companies to deal here, mm. to work here. Um, foreign doctors who want to come and work in the public sector, no, they can't get a job. That sort of, that sort of nationalist, African nationalism is coming out. I mean, Zuma, you know, was was a full-on African nationalist, mm. but it, it's still carrying on. So the land is a proxy. I don't think they will expropriate it. Um, and if they do expropriate land, the banks are just going to fold because they own most of it through bond through through mortgages. Yeah. Suppose well, and that. also, I mean, here's the thing, right? The market always finds a way. So when this came out, I saw someone go, "It's not a problem." Um, if you own land, all you do is you rebond it to the bank. Yep. You take that money. And, uh, you, you buy a cryptocurrency and you, uh, you fly off to wherever you want to fly off and you convert it into whatever currency you want to. And, uh, then, and you never come back and your, <laughs> and then the bank is stuck with your 10, 100 million, 1 billion rand yeah. loan. Um, and they can expropriate the land and all that'll happen is the bank will fold. Uh, at some point, the Reserve Bank will be responsible for a lot of that debt. Trying to bail out um, the banks. Exactly. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, so the, it, 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 once again, leftism eats itself, right? Right, right. And the thing, I mean, if I'm brutally honest, land is like a really stupid thing to be attached to. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Like, I have nostalgia for the house in which I grew up. But for fuck's sake, people, it's a piece of land. You can have that anywhere you want to with far stronger property rights practically anywhere else in the world. Like, Land is not that important. Okay, but it, it, it's it's as important as it is to you, basically. Yes, because if it matters to you, then it's your property. Then leave it. The no, sure, but just don't die for it. Or just just let's 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 wrap up this whole South Africa politics where we're going sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Someone wants to know if you know we had any sort of hope. I can't remember who asked it, but um, and if we do have hope for the country, hope for the country, hope, you know, hope has he, has he hope, been listening for long? Hope is, I doubt it. Look, he must ho- be a new listener. Hope is a is is a is a is a very dangerous and common form of cancer. I mean, the last hope I got was when my wife was pregnant. I hope that the child didn't have Down syndrome. Why not, Ramon? Well, no, you bigot. Because I'm an internationalist. <laughs> if if the kids got down syndrome, I'm sorry. Um, no, I don't have hope. I don't have hope in in countries because countries don't exist. 
I have hope. I don't have hope in anyone. No, no. Hope is a city yeah, word. No hope. I, I, do you think the problems will solve themselves? How about that? The, in the current, South Africa is not going to dissolve tomorrow. So come the end of 2018, 2019, 2020, yeah. do you think we'll be in a better position? And if so, why? I have no idea. I have no, absolutely no idea. Answer. I mean, I'm, I'm a merchant of doubt. I have, I live well here. I make little money compared to like an American or whatever the case yeah. might be, but I've got more stuff and freedom and happiness and good weather. I'm sorry to sound like a real, you are, real yeah. moron. Um, you should go to Australia. There was that good weather <laughs> and spiders. I don't like spiders, uh, rock spiders. I think, um, no, there's, it's what you make of it. Like I, I can't explain that to, to someone. My, Sisters come to South Africa and they mm. they grew up here and they're like, oh, you know, don't you want to come visit us in Australia? But and do they like it in Oz? Yes. So I've got lots of friends who've emigrated to all parts of the world. One of my best mates also in Oz. And um, it, 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 here's the thing, right? So I agree with you about it doesn't really matter where you are, like provided you're not in Iran, you know, and being persecuted. But like yeah. in most relatively free countries, like what do you do? You wake up every morning, right, in a house. Okay, and you, most of us are in a fortunate position of being able to pick a house we like relatively. Okay, well, yeah. we don't live in the mansions that we might want to own in our dreams, but our houses are okay. We wake up in a house in a bed that we like. Uh, we go down and we eat breakfast or whatever your morning routine is, and you drive your car, which you probably also bought out of choice, to work. And then you work. I mean, for me, I could be anywhere in the world because I spend most of my day inside hospitals, which all look the same wherever you go, pretty much. Sure. The government ones here are a bit more run down, but, but they all look the same. So the truth be told is I could be anywhere in the world uh, because my daily routine is what? Wake up, go to work, come home, spend some time with the family and go to sleep. So the reality of, of where you're placed on, on the planet um, is probably not that important. Well, not to us. Yeah. Middle class people. Sure. Relatively. Um, if you, yeah, I mean, if you're poor in South Africa, it's a different story. Yeah, sure. Geography so, matters there. Yes. In Iran, it matters there. But we live, I mean, I think people really underestimate what good lives we actually lead in South Africa. For some of us, for some of us, for some in the middle class. I think the middle class live exceptionally well. Hmm. Compared to the counterparts in most areas of the world, um, it's just a matter of perspective. So, if you don't have hope, leave. I mean, yeah, maybe the, maybe the, the formula somewhere else works better for you. Yeah, there's no shame in doing so. Well, at well all. yeah, but look, South Africans are very bad with that, though, right? So, so Europeans spend their whole lives like moving around different countries in the EU. I think in America, the the statistic is something like most Americans move five times in in their sort of working lives, yeah, coast to coast. Um, they, you know, and your and and the flyover states, uh, you know, as they're now called, uh, you, 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 people move a lot. It's, it's a normal thing just to move around. Yeah. Um, and in South Africa, we've got this thing like you're a, you're betraying us if you leave. Like why? <laughs> like why is that a betrayal? Like, also, also don't understand it's, that. It's it's completely um it, it completely irrational in my. View. So, uh, is there hope? I, I would be careful with the word hope. I agree with Ramon, uh, but could things uh, become better? I think they could, and they, but they could become a fuckload worse. I, I need to throw back and to that's more important. No, it's very important. Things yeah. could be a whole lot worse. Yes, yeah, uh, things could be a whole lot worse. We're nowhere near like failed. Look, states. if I had to say, I would say things are probably going to get worse. 
Not better. Well, it depends what you define. I think taxes are going to increase and our way of life will be a bit more expensive. And I think the government's going to continue to fail. Yeah. Like but, pieces but, of the government. You know, I, like, I want them to fail. So I'm happy with that. So I've got hope that the government fails. <laughs> so it's all, it's all, it's all dependent on your perspective. It's all, all depends where you stand on things. Right. Uh, any more on Patreon? No. Okay. So we're done there. Uh, there's a, sure, there's quite a complicated question about, Judgments from the Constitutional Court, from Carl. Yeah. Uh, oh, that should be final. Uh, he said uh, he wants unanimous rulings. They should be z- designed to be unanimous. Okay. Um, because if they're not unanimous, there's obvious inconsistencies with particular laws. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure I fully agree with that. But no, it's a majority. It's a tyranny of the majority. So there's 12 judges. If uh, nine agree with one judgment, then that one is the one that goes forward. But do, um, does then does it need to be unanimous? Don't you want there to be um, what are they called again? Uh, when you when the consensus? No, when the judge one of the judges disagrees, then that particular dissenting ruling is a uh, minority judgment. Dissenting judgment. Minority judgment is one thing, but there's another word I'm looking for. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is. He wants unanimity because he says, well, if you're passing a law or making some sort of decree, then we should all kind of agree. Um, uh, no, no, no. I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the constitutional court judge, uh, the constitutional court does. Um, they just, they just, you know, make judgments on constitutional matters of law. Um, so no, there's, it's open for interpretation. That's the point of law. Uh, so you will have a majority judgment and you'll have minority judgments. Sometimes you'll have, I never seen, I never seen like 12 different judgments. Mm. No. So from the Supreme Court, you won't have, there's six, I think there's six. Well, here we got 12 in South Africa. In the, in the US. Yeah. There's six, eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah. But you never have. I think they're nine because that's the sort of deciding. Right. But you don't have nine separate judgments saying completely different things. No. You got one with four and one with three and four wins, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the constitution law is always up for interpretation, so you have to interpret it. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think there are some, and I, I don't know the, you know, American law that well, but just from, from stuff I've listened to and read, there are instances where, for example, the U.S. Supreme Court has, has had minority judgments. The majority goes through, um, and later on, the, Laws are changed or, or, or overturned, and a lot of the argument used towards that is the minority judgment, which over time is seen to be a better legal opinion. Yeah, which couldn't be seen at the time when the judgment was made. Yeah, so minority judgments are always are, are always quite important because they give a different perspective on the same set of facts, ideally, and just a different interpretation of the law. Hmm. And over time, they can be used to prescribe new ways of of thinking about sure. uh, positions and on law. Just to be a bit. I don't know, but uh, General Patton said that uh, you know if, if everyone's thinking the same, someone isn't thinking. So uh, hopefully you do want dissenting opinions, even if you don't disagree with them, and then you can have the fight out, which is brings us to one of our favourite topics, a show called Frankly Speaking, which is no longer. Um, it's no longer. I listened to the last episode. That's very nice. You and and both of their mothers, and we we were you know talked about extensively. Were we? We were, Jonathan. Don't oh, you know? Goodness me. We actually hate black people. 
Oh, is that is that how we were spoken about? That, that was one of the conclusions. I'm sorry, Sikhle, we hate you. Yeah, and Mpiake and uh, everyone else, everyone, everyone black who's been on the show, yeah. we just put you out here for tokenism. Sorry, yeah. fronting, and we completely hate you. Yeah, we like yeah. the DA. Some of our best friends are black, Ramon. Uh, yeah, so, what about frankly speaking? There are no more. Yeah, someone asked about it. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I look, guys. I don't really know. I, I know their downloads weren't amazing. Um, so this past year, they didn't the, the 2017 year, they didn't make it into the Cliff Central sort of top ten. Um, we did. Yeah, we were number one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But, but, so I think their downloads had stopped, but I think also they've got other things on the go. They, they also do work for, um, they do work for themselves and, and have other things happening. Uh, and look, I, to be honest, you know, unless you really dedicated to this, uh, you will can it after a while. Uh, you know, Ramon and I are both, uh, <laughs> you know, work for a living and we find time in between to do these shows um yeah, it can and, be taxing and it, it can be and we fight a lot jonathan and i behind the scenes we're like fuck jonathan walk on you know in terms of times and dates and schedules and emailing people often we send two emails to the same person at the same time without telling each other so they get two emails from yeah. us it's, it's a bit unprofessional um but it has to be not a passion i don't like that word but you have to be consistent yeah, and you have to do it. People have to feel like you're telling the truth. Look, in my opinion on their show is also that they are they they were trying to fight against something rather than just spreading their own um, brand of, yeah. of idea. Reactive. So they yeah. were completely they were fighting against anything that were, they were finding the latest outrage there this week or the latest topic. And then they were, you know, were rah, rah around, around that instead yeah. of going, we are like we do, you know, classically liberal, libertarian, anarchist. Uh, these are our views on things in general. And okay, this particular topic, let's yeah, talk about there, it. There are values that undergird this whole show. Yeah. And uh, we try to, to bring various people to confirm them or to, to disprove them or to, uh, confirm and disprove them at the same time. Hmm. Uh, but there are values that undergird this. Um, we're not reactive. We, no, we don't want to be a, a weekly show about the news at all because the news is, is relatively boring. So, yeah, I mean, news is good, good luck to boring. them. There's Country Duty now. There's a Country Duty show. Yeah. Who is, uh, and to me, Sole is uh, Jonathan's favorite person on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, so, I'm blocked, actually. Are you blocked? But, but yes. Oh, but you're not I, missing I much. I did very early on call him a despicable human. I stand by that description. I do in some respects, especially after Black Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, one leftist show leaves the network and another one joins. It's like a virus. Uh, <laughs> if we leave this network, there's nothing left in terms of like classically liberal or libertarian. Yeah, thought. although I'm very uh, – <laughs> It's quite positive to hear on some of the other shows, uh, some of the leanings that are starting to think things like mm, the government isn't there to save us. Uh, you know, they're not our friends and that's, they don't really care about us. That's why Zuma has been the greatest African president since like Forster. Yeah, it was actually a comment on one of the 4chan things that South Africans are generally tend to, tend towards. Well, it was more about antinatalism because, because, because everything's so shit. But I, um, I mean, you should come visit before you make that comment, but, uh, that could be true about, uh, libertarianism. Um, and, and 
the, the move away from large government, essentially. Once yeah. the large government very much shows itself, like blatantly, right. to be as useless as it is, then you suddenly go, oh, oh, okay, now I get it. Because most people, if things just function, they kind of go, oh, yeah, no, no yeah, I hear your libertarian argument, but no, I, I prefer it over here, paying 60% taxes. Yeah, and, it's better to be safe. Yeah. yeah. So, but once, once the system starts failing, people, people seem to be getting the idea a bit better. Can I talk to you quickly about water shortages in, um, in Cape Town? Yeah. Just, sorry, I just uh, wanted your opinion on... Uh, People using too much water. Shouldn't they have the right to use as much fucking water as they like? Well, the, the big problem with, with socialized water um, is that Russell Lamberti, a guest who's been on the show a few times, has written a fantastic article on Politics Web about the pricing of water. Mm-hmm. So in the open market, you had people, when the water crisis hit, people were paying 3,000 rand for five kiloliters of water. The city sells at first five kiloliters of water for 20 rand mm-hmm. so all you have to do is just set the price that the market will pay for water and you'll get a huge reduction in water usage but because the city charges so little for water yeah there's no incentive to save water absolutely so i mean i think because uh, I, I heard the other day someone said i don't know how true this is someone said that wilbur smith had had the most uh, apparently lives in cape town he lives in the Seychelles. Well, he's got a housing game. Yeah. Anyway. So apparently for December or November or somewhere, he was the single, because they're now naming and shaming, of course. Of course. Uh, so doxing your citizens is, is really the way to go. Uh, so they now name and shamed their, their, their worst users, the top 10 or whatever it was. The biggest he was, offenders. He was the worst, the biggest offender of, of the most water usage. And I, I'm just like, okay, so bill him. Like, Exactly. Billing for the service, like say water costs this much, uh, because it's in high demand and scarce at the moment. Uh, it's a simple economic model. We'll just it's more expensive prices. That's like, right. Like it's not fucking rocket science. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It, it, why can't they do this? It, it's just unbelievable. Because because uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because why government. Yeah. Last last thing from Benji. Should we declare a rent boycott against monopolies as a more effective action than a tax? A rent boy? <laughs> a rent boycott. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Milo. A rent boycott against monopolies. Yeah. I've been saying that. I've been saying don't vote against the state. Don't vote for <laughs> monopolies. The state. Ah, Benji, you let him gone. straight into it. Look at that. I try to make the show like what is, what is broadly a, liberal. What's a rent boycott? Well. You don't pay rent. Well, what? you don't pay, yeah, you don't pay rent or, or, or fees, I suppose, to those specific entities. Like ESCOM, good luck with that. You walk around with candles in your house. Well, I see the city of Johannesburg is arresting people for not paying their fees. No, they're for, that's for illegal reconnections. So they were disconnected for not paying, and then they're illegally reconnected, which is apparently a criminal offense. Why? Because it's stealing from the grid. Okay, and we need to put people in prison for that? I mean, it's a criminal offense, right? So you can go to jail for it, surely. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's an unjust law in a way, but, um, yeah, but if you want Herman Mashaba to be mayor, there you go. I think he's done a lot of good, but here yeah. he's like really fucking over. He's like losing all my goodwill. <laughs> not all of it. Well, not all of it's it. Still but a lot. Next one. Talking of which, um, Herman, come on the show. Stop dodging us. 
That's true. We your, quite your, a few emails. your people keep finding a way to keep you away from here. Um, come have an honest libertarian conversation because we know deep down what S- you are. Supposedly. Well, not supposedly. He, he ran the free market foundation or he didn't run it, but he was, know, but he was word versus action, Jonathan. Yes, true story. You can say you're not a pedophile till the cows come home, but if you found fiddling with children. You are indeed a pedophile. There we go. All right. And on that lovely note, do you not want to make another pedophile joke since that seems to be your thing anymore? I've actually had a very clean holiday, so I can't think of any. Yeah. But um, I've got a good pedophile joke. What's he saying? Should we leave it? Hey, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Hey. Go. You can, uh, you, you can say a lot of bad things about pedophiles, but at least they drive slowly past schools. Oh, that's so lame. Yeah. What do the Jewish pedophiles say to the kid? Hey, do you want to buy these sweets? <laughs> right. And on that uh, pedophile slash... Well, next week, we actually got a real Venezuelan. Yes. Uh, so we can throw forward to that. We have a Venezuelan living in Caracas who's going to join us on the show to discuss... American imperialism causing shortages of food in Venezuela. Because that's the real reason. Yeah, he's not going to discuss that because he knows that the real problem is that real socialism has been tried in Venezuela and it has failed catastrophically. Big surprise. Yeah. So, uh, that should be a good show. Indeed. And um, so, if once again, if you want to support us, Patreon is the best way to do it. And with that money, we are going to use to get... Not gatherings, meetings, or whatever the case might be. Meetings going. If you want to meet us, like in person, yeah, well, we that we to, can do informally. We, we anyway. want to, yeah, yeah, but we want to set up formal once, things once yeah. a quarter, like formal things, maybe once a year. I don't know. Yeah, don't do once a quarter because then we're going to have to deliver. We under promise and over deliver. Thank you. Right? Are you finished? Uh, are you finished talking? Are you see you drinking your your juice? My juice. It's a monster. Zero sugar, by the way. Because yeah, I'm healthy. This is red juice. Because there's no yeah. syntax on this. That's the only <laughs> reason I drink it. Um, no, I'm done. Well, this year will hopefully be better than last year. Last year we had a very good year. Yeah, well, we did have a good guest. year. And really, if you, if you haven't, go, go look at the listing of shows. Yeah. Um, there really were some, some superb episodes and, and great guests. Right. And, and this show has been re- largely a fuck around, but we are going to be, that that as I said, that spectrum between the blandness of Sam Harris and the the innocence of Joe Rogan, we like we will try fill it with fun, but data driven conversations and get some. So basically, real- Ramon is going to smoke weed while I bemoan how evil. But that's not fun or innocent when you bemoan <laughs> evil leftists because you're a snowflake yourself, Jonathan. Ah, it or not. Last thing to finish Especially off. Especially about the word triggering because you last, were triggered by my use of the word triggering on Twitter. Last thing to, to finish off then is that um, if you respond to someone saying something, you're not triggered. You're triggered if you go irrationally insane by something that you should not go insane about. Like um, the word And you're triggered. not a snowflake because you disagree with someone that's not being a snowflake. Being a snowflake is not being able to cope with the disagreement and needing a safe space. We need to use these words correctly. What happened was the right made them up. The left didn't like being called them, so they've redefined them in their own terms. So um, it's, words matter. Definitions matter. We always thought that. Let's continue. Sometimes. Yeah. Good. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Renegade underscore reports. On Facebook, Renegade Report, our page. We've also got Renegade Report, the group. Uh, lots of good discussions on there. 
uh, you can pretty much say whatever you want and people will agree, disagree and have an argument with you. So that's uh, always fun. At Roman Kavanagh on Twitter at Jonathan underscore wit. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.